the context here um, is Jewish people, the nation of Israel, had gone into captivity in Babylon. We know that Daniel and his, uh, his three friends uh, were there, part of those that were in captivity in, in Babylon. Uh, the name of Daniel's three friends, they'd given them Babylonian names, and those are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This, was, this took place about 600 years uh, before Christ. King Nebuchadnezzar, he had at this point in uh, Daniel chapter 3, he'd made a golden image um, that was 90 feet tall. And uh, he, he told everyone that they were going to have to fall down and worship it after the, uh, after the music began to play. Uh, he invites all the important people from the kingdom uh, to, come, to come to this party that he had for this. He invited the princes, governors, counselors, captains, treasurers, rulers, sheriffs uh, to this thing. And God had prospered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, also Daniel. And at this point, uh, these the three men were rulers in Babylon over over uh, areas, provinces in Babylon, and God had blessed them. And so they were invited to the to the party. And in verse uh, verse fourteen of Daniel chapter three. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you, not, you do not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I had set up? These other rulers would come and say, Hey, these guys don't, they're not bowing down to your image. They're not uh, worshiping your God. And he says, Hey, is this true? Is this true that you guys don't worship uh, my gods and don't bow down uh, to my image? Uh, and he gives them another chance in verse 15. He says, I, I, I'll, I'll give you guys another chance. I'll play the music again, get everything going, and you guys just bow down and worship him because if you don't, he made it clear to them that you are going to go into the fiery furnace. Anyone who doesn't do this is going to be cast, thrown in to the fiery furnace. Now, we read down through this, right? And we many times think of this story as a you know, a Sunday school story for the for kids, but put yourself in in, in their shoes. Uh, they're going to die. I mean, they're going to die. They, they they got a choice to make to just bow down, just just bow down or die. I mean, I think in some ways in their mind they probably could have just justified it and been like, I'll just bow down and. I don't, I don't believe this image is anything. But they had some character. They had some strong beliefs. He says at the end of verse 15, Nebuchadnezzar, he says, Who is this God who could deliver you out of my hand? He says, you know, who is he? What, what God could deliver him out of my hand? If I'm saying I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace, if I'm going to take your life, how in the world could anybody stop that? Look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Another way way to say this is, I'm not worried about this. I'm not full of care. 
uh, we, we thought this through, and I'm not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not real anxious about this. I understand my life's at stake here, but uh, we're really not worried about it. He says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able right. to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve Amen. thy gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. He said, look, he said, our God is able to deliver us. I know our God can deliver us, but even if God doesn't deliver us, we are still, we're still okay. Amen. Even if we don't get delivered out of this situation, even if this bad fiery furnace that we're facing, God doesn't deliver us, everything is still Okay, and we still are not going to bow down and worship this false god, this false idol. And we know the story. I'm not going to go through all of it, but you know that Nebuchadnezzar, he gets furious. He'd never had anyone uh, uh, put someone in a higher position than him, say that there was a god that was greater than him or, or anybody more powerful than him. And so... He fires up the fiery furnace seven times hotter and has his mighty men throw him into the fiery furnace. We know the story. And even the heat from that kills the men that throws him in. And then he gets an audience together to watch his power, to watch his might as he throws these three men into the fiery furnace. And in verse 24, the Bible says, And Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto thee, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is as the Son of God. I mean, we get to see Jesus Christ here in the Old Testament. Uh, by the way, Jesus Christ, is he, he shows up multiple times in the Old Testament. Before He was born of... Uh, of Mary, He was the I Am. Uh, he is eternal. He was before the foundations of the earth. And here He is uh, walking around in the... I mean, can you imagine that? The Bible says that they were bound up. And, and I know it's been said many times that the only thing that was burnt in there was the, was the things that bound them up. Many times the fires that you and I go through in life, if we'll go through it with Christ... The only thing that will end up burning off of us is the things that were slowing us down and hurt us in the first place. So many times we're so afraid of the fire, but God will take us through the fire to make us better, to draw us closer. Uh, They would have not experienced the fellowship of Jesus Christ unless they'd been in the fire. And he said, my goodness, I'd never seen anything like this. He says, there they are, the four of them, all together. We know that after this, God gets the glory. God gets the glory for their deliverance. God gets the glory for this. Uh, God intervened in these people's lives. And, and God will intervene in our life. The thing about the God that we serve is He's not just a God that, is, that set things in motion and He's holy and righteous and sovereign and, and just leaves things alone. He is a God that is a God of fellowship that gets involved in the issues and the things in our life uh, that we face and we go through. Not only will He get involved, He'll be there right with us. And He'll be there right with us and right through it as we draw close to Him. 
Had God not been in, got involved, would have these three men been consumed? I mean, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. Had God not intervened, had God not stepped in, they would have been consumed. And I, I dare say that many of us could have the same testimony that in things in our lives, had God not got involved, we'd be in trouble now. Had He not got in, in, involved in our life, if He not intervened, if He'd not had mercy and grace on us, uh, we would be in the same place. The Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because His passion, uh, compassions fail not. His mercy, His grace toward us is wonderful. It's by His grace... For each and every one of us, it's by His grace that we are saved. And it's by His grace that we can live every day. In Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10, Paul the Apostle, greatly used of God. He says in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 15, 10, But by the grace of God I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yea, not I, but the grace of God which was with me. The grace of God was that thing that was able to carry Paul through, was able to take, and this is the same for you and I. It's the grace of God not, not only by which we are saved, but it is the grace of God by which we can fellowship by which we can pray, by which we can live our day-by-day Christian life. Look, you and I, as simple as this sounds, we are saved by grace through faith, plus nothing and nothing else. And and then the rest of our Christian life should go the same way, by grace through faith. It's by His grace that we can have fellowship, by His grace that we can draw close to Him. What is grace? What is grace? It's God's favor. I don't know if you feel this today, but it's true whether you feel it or not. God favors you. Amen. He favors you. He really loves you. The Bible says uh, that uh, He is kind toward us. It's unmerited, uh, by the way. It's unmerited and free love. I hope that uh, you haven't bought into any type of religion <laughs> that would put something on us that is kind of hard to bear. And that our works is what we have to do to merit His grace and His love and His favor. That's not true. That's right. His, 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 His grace and His, His love is just free. It's toward us. Uh, it's a privilege. It's mercy. It's pardon. Grace is wonderful. It's by which we can stand and by which we can live. When I think of grace, I think of God's saving grace for each sinner. His saving grace for each sinner... This, his grace is available for even the chiefest of sinners. If you're here this morning and you don't feel like you're all that bad, uh, you may be deceived. Because you may be ju- judging yourself or comparing yourself to someone else. But when we compare ourselves to the holy and righteous God, we will then see the grace of God that is bestowed upon us. And, and not just to us, but even to the chiefest of sinners, as Paul said, he was. Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, the Bible says, Moreover the law entered, that the offense might abound. Hey, we have the law of God to show us that we are sinners. But the Bible said, but where sin abounded, grace did much more. 
much more abound. His grace is much greater than all of our sin. His grace is much deeper and much further. That's good news for us. That we have this type of grace. That we have it available to us. Our God, He's able to reach way, way down into the deepest cesspools of sin. And by His grace, He can rise us up and lift us up and set our feet upon a rock. He can establish our goings and put a new song in our mouth. Even praise to our God. He can do this for each and every person. This is the hope of mankind. is the grace of God. The grace and the great, great, great grace of God. Isaiah 59, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save. Neither is His ear heavy that He cannot hear. Look, there is no one anywhere that calls upon the Lord that He will not have grace. That He will not have grace. It was the thief on the cross who found great grace beside the Savior. We're going to sing at the end of this uh, service today, we're going to sing Amazing Grace. It was the wicked slave trader Isaac Newton. And after he experienced the forgiveness and the grace of God, pinned down the most famous hymn that we sing today. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this about grace. He said, the bridge of grace will bear your weight. Thousands of big sinners have gone across this bridge. Yea, tens of thousands have gone over it. Some have been the chief of sinners and some have come at the very last of their days. But the ark of this bridge has never yielded beneath their weight. I will go over trusting to the same support and it will bear me over as it did for them. The great grace that was available for Isaac Newton, the great grace that was available for, for uh, uh, the thief on the cross and, and so many others, that grace is available for us. It's not been used up. It's greater than all our sin. This is saving grace for each sinner, for every sinner. And by the way, when we talk about a sinner, it was Jesus that said, I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. His saving grace is revealed to us in such a powerful and such a great way through the salvation message. If you've never received this grace of salvation, it's the greatest grace that you could be receive. It's just by repenting of our sins and drawing close to Him. It's not just His saving grace that is made known to us, but it's His sustaining grace for each situation. You may say that the situation that you're facing now, I've never seen it before. I've never been here before. I've never faced something like this in my life before, but let me say that His grace is sufficient for you in this situation. It was sufficient for the Hebrew children in the situation that they faced, and His grace can see us through. You and I, we're blessed. We're blessed. But it's, we're, not, we're not just blessed because of the things that we have. We're not blessed because of the things that we possess, but we're blessed because of who we are in Christ. We're blessed because of the position that we have in Christ. 
It's, it's, it, it, we are, we are uh, just the recipients of the grace of God. <coughs> His kindness toward us. Take your Bibles and turn to a couple scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The Lord's talking about giving here, but in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 9, the Bible says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I believe the grace of God is given toward us so that we can go on to do His work, to do His great work. Turn back just a couple passages to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5, the Bible says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. It's because of His grace, it's because of His work, it's because of what He has done for us that we will have what we need. He has promised that we will be able to go through and face what we'll go through. He is able to sustain us. He is able to hold us up. He is able to lift us up. He has given us grace. You know, there's different types of grace. You see folks that have gone through suffering. I see just this past week when we were in the room with Chad and Stephanie and, and, and the peace that Chad had. Uh, they scheduled the surgery like three times and got him ready. And every time he'd you know, get nervous. But then he'd pray and he and Stephanie would read the word of God and they would get peace. And he'd say, we have peace. We're in the Lord's hands. This is a grace that God gives We've seen folks that have lost family members, and, and you look at that and you say, I couldn't, I couldn't go through that. I couldn't, I couldn't face what that person's facing. But they depend on the Lord and trust in Him, and God gives them a grace for that situation. God will give us the grace that we need when we need it. I believe it. He said He'll sustain us. This is the way that we're to live. Trusting in His grace. Accepting it. That He loves us, that His favor is toward us, that we don't have to earn it, but that it's freely given. How, how you know, for us, for you and I as, as believers, as Christians, we want as much of the grace as we can get, you know. We should be gracious to others, right? Because of how gracious the Lord is with us. And we want as much grace as He'll give us, and so we should be willing to give that grace to others. The Bible does tell us some ways to be able to have some grace, grow in grace, this grace to carry us and sustain us. He says uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, he says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yet all of you be subject one to another, clothed in humility, 
For God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. I believe that we, uh, God loves to show grace to those that are humble. Those that are proud. It's not that God wouldn't show us the grace. God resists us because it's opposite His nature. It's, it's that we won't even accept His grace in our pride. We won't even accept it. But in our humility, in our humility toward others, you know, He says, he says clothed in humility, covered in humility. How we treat each other, how we treat each other will affect our relationship with God. In our, in our church, when it comes to unity, uh, in your home, in your family, uh, the Bible talks about also in Peter about our prayers being hindered when there's uh, issues between the husband and the wife, and they're not they're not uh, uh, the husband's not doing doing right. And he said, "Hey, the prayers can be hindered because of that." So this humility toward each other will affect the grace that God gives us and brings to us. He says, "Be subject and submitted one to another." In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says, Let us come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He tells us that you and I can come boldly before the Lord's throne. That's a privilege in the New Testament. Something that was not available to the saints of the Old Testament had to go through the priests, and they had to do it in a specific way. But now, because of the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our account, you and I at any time can go to the Lord in prayer. That privilege. We have a connection with the King of Kings. You see that story in the Old Testament where Esther, who was a Jew, and her 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 people, her people were going to be uh, wiped out. And uh, she goes before this king, this Gentile king, and she goes into the throne room recognizing and knowing that doing this uninvited could cost her her life. But she goes in on behalf of her people and her nation and goes up in before the king. And you know what she found from the king? She found grace. She found grace. And you and I have that same privilege that when when we go before our Father, the King of Kings' throne, that you and I, it's already been promised that we don't even have to worry about it, that we will find grace to help in time of need. Hey, prayer is a great privilege that we have to receive and to get His grace. Just to ask. Just to ask for it. We understand that the faith that we have moves God. Faith moves God. The Bible says faith without works is dead. We understand that if we have faith, it's going to cause us to work. And as we work, God works in our lives. And when God works in our lives, whether He saves, delivers, helps, carries, blesses, all those things that He does, that's grace. That's grace in our life. I... Think of the story of David. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of many of the stories of David. But the one is of David and Goliath. So many things that we can learn from that, from that, the principles. And, but we had a whole army and a king that was afraid of one man. 
He's afraid of Goliath, right? And David, he believes that, hey, everybody thought he was too big. <laughs> David said, he's too big to miss. I got this. I can, this guy, you know, he's an easy target. He knew how to use his slingshot. He knew what he was doing. And he goes before this as a young man. He wasn't even a soldier at this point. He goes before King Saul and says, look, I can take this guy. I can take him out. I don't know who this guy thinks he is, but I've heard him defy the living God. And because of that, he stands no chance. And the king says, well, I don't know. You haven't really had any experience. I don't know that you should be the right person doing it. Of course, there was nobody else standing up to volunteer. And David said this to the king. He says, The Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion, and He hath delivered me out of the paw of the bear, and He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. You know what that is? That's faith. He didn't say He could deliver me. He says He will. That's what the, you know what this is? This is, this is drawing on past grace. As we go through our lives and we put our faith in the Lord, many times the things that we face may even progress and we need more faith and more faith and more faith. But we can look back and say, look, He's delivered me out of the hand of the bear. He's delivered me out of the hand of the lion. And I know that what I'm facing now, it's big and it's ugly (laughs) and it needs to come down. And it's loud and it's making a lot of noise and it's scaring a lot of people. But the Lord will deliver me. Why? Because of His grace and His favor and His unmerited love toward us. The past experiences that we've gone through, I've said so many times before here, that faith builds faith. That as we trust God and we believe Him, He will deliver. He will see us through. He is faithful. And that will give us grace to believe for the next thing that we face, the next trial, the next... And these things, just as we read from the beginning, you say, why do we go through trials? Why do we go through fires? For our benefit. David benefited from, from uh, taking out Goliath. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they benefited from the fire. Paul, we see, he benefited from the things that he went through that were hard and suffering. And many times we benefit from the hardships that we go through. As we close, just trust Him. Trust in His grace. Believe that it's there. Receive it. Just receive that grace, the grace of the Lord. If you've not been saved, receive the grace of salvation. It's the greatest. Trust Him for the situation that you have right now. I'm positive that if I were to ask here, hey, Is God's grace, is it great? Is it sufficient? Is it sufficient for anyone in any situation? I'm positive that anyone here and everyone here would say yes. But where where the rubber meets the road is when it's your situation. It's the thing that you're going through right now. And, and, And you know what? His grace is sufficient for that. For that next step. For that situation that you're facing right now in your life. If you need grace... And we all do. (laughs) If you need grace, present yourself before the throne room of God. Go in in prayer and and let Him know the grace that you need. Present yourself to Him. He will, I believe, show you favor. He will show you kindness. Be humble. 
You want great grace in your life? Treat each other with humility. You see the grace of God come down on you when you're gracious with others. Boy, it's so hard when we draw a hard line and are so judgmental and so strict that maybe one day we may have to be judged by that same thing. And we don't want that. And thank God that He doesn't judge us that way. Believe in faith, trust, that if you've gone to the Lord in prayer, and you've brought the situation, you've brought it to Him, then trust Him. Believe like David and say, He will deliver me like like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He is able. He can. And if He doesn't, it's still okay. Because all things work together for the good to them that love God. We will receive and get that grace. And all of us have been recipients of His grace. All of us here truly our life is evidence of His grace. When we look at the salvation that we've received, the forgiveness that we've received, all of us have been recipients of great, great grace. As we close, I want us to sing Amazing Grace. And let's sing it with, with our hearts as unto the Lord. Worshiping Him, praising Him. It's page one of our songbook. If you need strength, and we all do, pray and ask God for it today. If you've not been humble with each other, do it. Trust the Lord in faith that He will and can deliver us.